Hello, listeners of Tag Talks Business. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Standing. Mike is the owner of Waterman Surfside Grill, Chicks on the Beach, and The Shack uh, at the Oceanfront. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So I wanted I want to get a little bit of history. Uh, you're a, a native of Virginia Beach. Um, I believe you, you graduated from Kellum High School, if I'm correct. My wife did. I graduated from First Colonial. First Colonial. You're a patriot. Okay. Um, so long time, uh, long time resident, obviously local of the community. Could you give us a little bit of history about yourself, uh, the, the businesses that, that you own, um, and, and kind of give our listeners an idea of kind of how ingrained you are within the, the Virginia Beach and Hampton Ridge community? I will. Um, I'm a fourth generation resident of the oceanfront, believe it or not. Uh, both my grandparents lived down here and my great-grandparents and um, started working here as a kid on the oceanfront at what today is now Waterman's used to be the Shakenburger, which was a fast food place with a gift shop called the Beach Nut and uh, we've had a few restaurants uh, we had uh, Lulu's and um, now Chicks um, which actually Waterman's property used to be the original Dairy Queen and um, might have been the first Dairy Queen, might have been the first Dairy Queen in the country. Oh, and wow. Ash Wednesday storm knocked it out, and um, the Maddox family relocated on 7th Street, which is where Chicks is today, and uh, recently acquired that from the Maddox family. Um, the business was owned by Mr. Burlidge, uh, but the Maddox has owned the land. And then across the street was uh, Mr. Burlidge's land, and that was, uh, is where the shack is today. And then uh, we have a hotel in between there and a commercial parking lot and a few other little things. Gotcha. And the, um, how have you enjoyed the experience? I mean, obviously you grew up with it, um, kind of grew up in the entrepreneurial environment. Um, and, and you've obviously been doing this for, for several years. Um, so it's, it's in your blood, but kind of, what drew you to it other than the fact that it was just kind of part of, of your family and and unlike some people who maybe stepped away from the family business what kept you with it <laughs> um, no choice <laughs> <laughs> i um i actually graduated from um uh, college of architecture with a concentration in building construction engineering <laughs> And um, I guess it, it, this part never left my blood. I did construction while I was still working at the restaurant, and we did a big renovation here, and we just I just kept on going, never got out of it. I guess it's in your blood. It stays in it. And eventually kind of figured out how to do it. It took a while. But, uh, you know, I've enjoyed it. I, I think, you know, it, it's a rewarding business in many ways because your employees become – it becomes your family. You're there with them all the time different hours of the day it's not like you see a in a regular office where you see the people you work with during the day and, and then there's a different shift at night so we're we're around the clock nearly and um 
And then the other most important thing, uh, equal with the employees, is our customers, our regulars, watching them grow up throughout the years. They've watched me grow up and then um, bringing my family through this. And I, I always say I wouldn't wish this on anybody or my kids, but who knows if they end up doing this. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know the, the customers and the, the Virginia Beach community as a whole is, is glad you did stick with it because um, uh, you, you're, you're well known in the area and, and uh, the restaurants and the, and the facilities that you do manage are, are um, definitely kind of a staple for, for the oceanfront community and Virginia Beach as a whole. So I, I know it's greatly appreciated. Um, and along those same lines, from, from a leadership standpoint, uh, right now, um, it's kind of hard to talk about anything without uh, talking about the, the recent COVID situation. And, and especially from a leadership role, uh, we're going to get a little bit into kind of how you've pivoted during this. But uh, how, if any way, have you kind of seen your leadership role uh, change or, or expand at a time that's, that's been so unique, especially in your case where you're dealing with uh, a hospitality industry, especially at the ocean front that, that's uh, going through such a, a huge transition right now and, and having to learn to pivot. Well, I, 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 that's a good question. I, I um, you know, there's so many facets of this 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 um, virus that's affecting not only the community but the business world, and it's not a problem just with our city, state, or country. It's the entire world. So I think you know most people have done whatever they can do to mitigate their losses, but no one's in it alone we're all in it together. So what I've found is that there's been a huge sense of family amongst all businesses to work together to try to get their way through this. This isn't something that is to be taken lightly. And not only is the virus serious, life-threatening, but so is the stress and the, and the, the other side of the coin what happens from these businesses being closed and at first people kept saying oh they feel so sorry for the restaurants but there's a whole nother side out there that people don't realize that that and while it is dire for the restaurants there's the gyms the doctors um, that are either working in it but really the doctors that are a lot of them are out of work also dentists the hair salons the gyms so we all have to figure out how to make this, how, how our city and country can come out on top with suffering the least amount of damage possible. So I, I think, you know, for us, we were in <laughs> code red right the first day just because yeah. the outcome, every dollar we can save or earn today is another dollar that we have six months, a year, two years down the line to not only save a business, our business from falling over the edge, but to help our employees in any way we can. We started off with, we had a policy where no employee will go without shelter or food. So we set something and put something in place for that. Then uh, we were fortunate enough or that the federal government came up with the $600 
additional a week because nobody can live on the just the state unemployment itself and it's not like they could expect somebody to go out and try to find a job when jobs aren't available in their particular in industry during this time so that was a huge breather for us but the next step was then we had to figure out how to manage what we had uh, how to how to um, divert what we do into something else diversified so we can keep the wheels moving for our company uh, we didn't lay uh, we we only laid off a handful of people at the beginning then when that six hundred dollars came through us it was a big breather for us financially and um, in a lot of cases they made more money um, going on the whole unemployment package so that stress was relieved but every single day has been has been something additional the ppp funding unfortunately really didn't help the hospitality industry because you can't they want you to bring people back but you can't utilize that when you're closed or, or regulated to close so there's a tremendous amount of challenges for our industry and um, we're just trying to do everything we could so now the focus is is working with the state to what is it going to be like when we reopen how is it safe for our employees how is it safe for our customer the confidence level of our employees and the confidence level of our customers to come back so while you want to say hey let's just open but you can't because you have to hit all corners and understand the sensitivity of where we are the social shaming of, of people amongst each other for even being outside or doing things and um, and then also the, the realization that um, people do need to get out because other things can happen from sitting at home with you know arguments in your home and bad home life and um, not exercising and you know there, there's a myriad of other issues so this we're in a challenging time and then we face the long-term issues with the debt piling up with businesses and so this is the time we have to look at ourselves and figure out how we can be bigger and better and what tomorrow looks like and how we can change and adapt for the future and this is where I really think that um, the, the, the business owners the citizens of the city and really it's incumbent upon the city leaders to have their ears open and listen to the business community because the private sector runs completely different than a city but this is the time when when dollars are lean for the city as well and the city really needs to be as efficient as they can be cut out the unnecessary fat that there is in the city and work on helping save these businesses because this is a unique situation where if there's not businesses for people to come back to work to then it's more of a dire situation for the citizens of Virginia Beach or any city and state in the country so it's sort of like a reverse bailout uh, right now, vast majority of residents aren't having significant uh, financial problems. And I don't want to take light because I'm sure there are many people, but not like the businesses. And uh, so we have to find ways to protect and procure our existing businesses. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and, and it's something I, I think you're correct in that um, it, I don't know that it's really realized to the extent that you uh, – explained it which is a is a great point which is the fact that because of the way the bailouts are being done there are those who otherwise would have been really struggling that are actually okay i mean not great as you said but okay um but that's not necessarily the case on the business side um 
and to that point, um, you you pivoted pretty quickly, um, at least comparatively to some, uh, especially with what you did at the shack. Could you talk a little bit about what you did at the shack and and how that's progressed over the last few weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Um, let me see. We uh, on Saturday we decided uh, on Friday on, on a Friday we uh, talking to. I used to do a lot of uh, charter boat fishing and years ago commercial fishing, and and I talked to several of my friends that are in that industry, and they said there's nowhere to sell the product. I said so we're going to set up something on the corner. We have a commercial beach parking lot on Fifth and Pacific. So on Saturday we decided to set up a little market. So we did fresh fish that we got that was brought to us uh shrimp and steaks and and uh produce and then um it, it was pretty popular and this is right at the beginning when people were really really freaked out so my wife <laughs> she called up our food distributor she said bring us a tractor trailer tomorrow and we made a big food order and um and then we it was raining so we said well let's put it in the in the uh we have a banquet hall inside the um, shack area so we put it set it up there I think we had a hundred items that that uh, Monday and no we waited a day I think we did it Tuesday and we had a hundred items and then I think by Friday we had 200 items by the next week we had three and then it went on up there to however many five or six hundred items now and uh, I tell you running around like crazy learning the grocery store business um, <laughs> it's been really cool um, it's, it's quite frankly it's it's at least short term it's more relaxing because it shuts down at nine o'clock at night as opposed to a restaurant where people are there all night and um it's been it's been really cool and and we've been cooking non-stop at home and taking grocery items home and experimenting and posting videos and and um my employees have been just super receptive and fun our neighbors and friends and and new friends are coming some people it's like a city sometimes they come every couple of days to just get that day's fresh item whether it's um, produce or poultry or seafood um, we're consistently bringing in new things and and now everybody's saying please keep this going my wife is i think she bought four thousand plants and so when <laughs> you walk in it's a full nursery um today for mother's day i think today she, or tomorrow she's bringing in a hundred hundred uh, rose bushes <laughs> oh so, wow it's been really fun i've enjoyed it but then we expanded to do i always wanted to have a um like a seafood store with takeout so you kind of you order you see what you have and then you order it so we have like we have you can order when you walk in you can order and before you're done we can hand you your meal to go and uh it's it's been cool. It's been really really fun. I've, it's been I, I'm going to be kind of sad when it's all over. With. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you have to get back to the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I know it's greatly appreciated. I um, I know my wife and my daughter have gone down there and and really enjoyed what you guys have done. And and um, uh, as you said, it it's definitely appreciated by by many of the locals that that are getting an opportunity to go down and even just from a social aspect of it, uh, for those who are, who've been cooped up all week, I think sometimes it's just a nice release to, to go down and see some familiar faces and, and the fact that they're able to get such good fresh foods and, and fish and, and, uh, in a, in a unique environment, I think is, is pretty cool. So uh, again, we thank you for what y'all have done with that. 
Um, and kind of keeping it uh, in line with some of the things that you and, and your family have done, um, you, you've uh, either helped started or, or played a big role in a, a few fundraisers over the years. I believe you've done um, uh, something food and beverage related. I believe you've done a, a, a fishing tournament. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of those events that you've done as, as outreach in the community? Sure. Um, well, one right now we're, we're really excited to be working with is the World Central Kitchen. And um, we're providing meals. Um, last week was, let me see, 500 meals on Friday. And then uh, we're doing 100 meals a day uh, this week, three days a week. And that takes uh, food to um, areas who might have food issues. You know, the, the children aren't in school now, so there's a big need for assistance there. So that's been a joy. Um, we put on an event called Crush Fest, and a lot of people never, people always thought it was a profitable venture. We, we actually gave the money. We didn't really talk about it a lot, but we gave the money. We ended up, um, we did a few things uh, that we gave the money to, but one of the big one was we gave a, a large sum of money to the Camp Rom, and so that lake that's at Camp Rom where they fish or they uh, cable wake surf, um, that, that's what came out of the Crush, crush Fest. Now we do um, Crush and Run, which is a run that we do every year now. It's, and we missed it, unfortunately, this year. But you take off on the beach and come back on the boardwalk. When you finish, you get handed an orange crush. And that's a really neat event. And nice. then the Rockfish Tournament, we started, gosh, it's been so long now, probably, I think we're 15 years now. And um, that, at one point, was one of the largest tournaments in the country. Unfortunately, the striped bass fishery has declined, but hopefully it'll come back one day. But we've done really cool stuff with that. We um, we did a um, help with the park down, Grandma Island Park down at uh, First Street. Uh, we built a room in the Children's Hospital. Um, gosh, we've done, we fed over 50,000 people to the shelters with the fish with it. And, um, and just various other little things that we do. And um, gosh, what else? We have a uh, Waterman's, we have a um, foundation and, and we give out of that to people in need. Sometimes if a fisherman or somebody has an issue, then we, we help them out during a transitionary period. Wow, well that's wonderful. Well, I greatly appreciate that you all give back in the way you do and, and in some of the fun ways that you've been able to pull it together. Um, like I said at the beginning, I mean, there's so many things that you all have kind of your hand in that have become somewhat of a staple for a lot of the locals down at the ocean front, and for anyone who who throughout the Hampton Roads community that comes down and 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 hangs out with us down at the beach. Um, well, I, I appreciate all your time today. I don't want to keep you too long because I know uh, you've got a lot on your hand, a lot on your plates right now. Um, and just wanted to throw out if there's any other things you wanted to, to discuss before we wrap it up. And also the best way for people to, to be able to find out what is still going on with Watermans and Chicks and the Shack. And, and hopefully as things turn around, uh, how they can connect with you guys in the future. Yeah, so um, I, I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, if, if I always like to try to get something or create something good or have a bright, shiny part of anything that's, that's either uh, positive and or um, negative. And, um, you know, one, one of the things, um, 
coming out of this for our city is is we've been struggling on Atlantic Avenue for a very long time now. A lot of the um, stores have kind of declined a little bit. The appearance has not has kind of faded away. But when my parents and even myself were, were young, Atlantic Avenue was a center, particularly 17th Street was the center of the city, and it's where all the action happened. So there was clothing stores and jewelry stores and fish market and grocery stores and all types of things along here and we've lost our way in that and 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 that that happens but there's been a an attempt of a resurgence of atlantic avenue to increase the quality of of the merchants to increase the uh the more residential so that can be year-round and i think this this grocery at the shack has shown that people will come down here and the ability to park on atlantic avenue People just drive up. It's super convenient. They hop out. They get their, their their groceries and they pull back out. And I know a lot of people who want everybody quarantined won't like this, but it, it's active. It's very active. We follow social distancing rules, uh, the the cleaning rules, and all that. And we have far more, far less people than a grocery store. So don't don't get upset at me about that. But the point <laughs> is that we could be better down here. And and so. For instance, this summer there's a um, a budget for the trolley that comes through here. The HRT they spent 1.2 million dollars. What if we eliminated that HRT and put parking on Atlantic Avenue? And it's maybe maybe a vendor, maybe a store that's hurting particularly because of this COVID has a better shot of being successful this year. What if what if the the restaurants because they're 50% occupancy? I don't care if it's Atlantic Avenue or Norfolk or Portsmouth or wherever it is, these cities need to realize that we have to make up this income that we've lost here. So if we can create social distancing and outdoor cafes and patios, then that's a conduit, um, a path to recovery that doesn't cost us anything as a city. But if we're able to be in, in, in creative and, and adapt to what the car that's been dealt to us, that's a marketing tool in itself to the people that are outside of our region. And it might interest them to come here. It might interest them to say that city's open for business or, hey, I want to visit it because, hey, there's tables and chairs on the beach. You know, that's something I saw in Mexico or Italy or Greece. That's really cool. It's in my backyard. We're going to need every single person in our in Hampton Roads or the 757. We're going to need them to support our, our region because if we can't support ourselves and market ourselves, then we're going to fall down the drain just like the cities that don't do that. So I encourage everybody to support their cities and um, support their businesses and give back and have an open mind to changes that might be really cool changes for the future that, that, that sets a new path and a new course for our region. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate it. Now I'll, I'll throw out this maybe little known fact with a lot of people listening, but, but, but approximately 25 years ago, I was the manager of 17th street surf shop right there at uh, 17th and Pacific. So um, I, I do recall those days when uh, we'd all sit on the roof of the store at, uh, after hours and, and watch everybody go by and, and uh, it, it was a good time. So uh, I look forward to the, those opportunities again, uh, as things start to change around again and, and we all get a chance to, to come back together. But I really appreciate your time today. Um, I thank you for all you're doing at the oceanfront and throughout the city and, and the 757. 
And, um, and I thank you for reaching out to our listeners to give them an opportunity to hear that story as well. Well, I appreciate you calling and taking Absolutely. Well, thanks to you, the uh, listeners of Tag Talks. Uh, we will catch you during the next episode.